got it, Bruce. Y'all know what it is. Courtside Radio. We back. Another week. We got some great news. It's going to be a big show. Everybody's excited. You can tell by the looks on their ugly faces. But y'all know me. Bruce Courtside. It's Good News Radio. I'm going to kick it to the PG. We're going to get it going. Let's go, man. Hey, what's the deal, man? Mike Kelder, PG here, the one and only, the Magic Johnson of the show, making sure this thing is always a fast break, and it's showtime whenever I be on the microphone. Uh, man, so we got to get this thing started. A lot to talk about. The NBA is back. Oh, I'm so excited. I, I got something to do now, you know, and the Lakers can go get that 17th title. It's coming. Tinseltown, we're about to be super lit. In October, can you imagine a parade in October? <laughs> That's going to be crazy. But, Early man, Christmas, I, baby. Early Christmas. Man, I got it. The shooting guard, Mr. Inglewood himself. What's up, Mike? Uh, you know what's good? You know, we got another show coming to you, Courtside Radio. We're going live, baby. Big Mike out of Pappy in the building. Coming to you from the wood. NBA is back. We know it is. We couldn't wait. We can't wait for this, and we got a hot another Fuego show for you. I'll let him feel. Yes, sir. Hey, so Mr. Mr. Downtown, Philip Brown, straight from the ATL. What's good, uh, what's good, Mr. Atlanta? I guess what's up, Philip? I'm excited to be back. And if you don't know, like Michael said, the NBA's back. And I don't want to hear Ooh. nothing about no asterisk when LeBron won that next championship. I don't hear nothing about it. Seventeen. Th- this would be his second asterisk, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> Come on, man. That's how you gonna start the show. If the Lakers win, it can never be asterisk. Let's get right to it, man. The NBA will be back uh, soon and very soon. And, man, we're clearly excited about it. The world is excited about it. If you love who? Uh, Mike, you got the details? Let the people know. Woo! All right, so for the following-up season, we have a 22-team resume of the season, but we got an eight season, eight games going to go ahead and play out for those last final playoff spots. And it's funny because they only added six more teams to the current 16 playoff teams that would have made it. But it's funny, five of them came straight from the West, only one from the East. That should let you know something, baby. But uh, we're yeah. going to look at it like this. If we have New Orleans added to the list, Phoenix, Sacktown, we got Phoenix, uh, we got Sacktown, San Antonio, the Washington Wizards, and the Portland Trailblazers. A lot of these teams we were hoping would make the playoff. Now that we got something to see, who's going to play in, and how they're going to have to have, if the ninth seed is four games behind, the eighth seed makes it. If not, if they're four games or under, there's going to have to be a play-in, baby. This is what we wanted. This is what we waited for. Hey, and that's going to be so exciting, man, just to see how that's going to play out, like a play-in, kind of how uh, the MLB does it. You get to see these teams get to fight it out and try to get in there just to make a play-in game. And think about a team like Portland. You got Dame Lillard, Carmelo. Nurchik may be healthy. Zach Collins may be healthy. Oh, healthy. at the time. That's what I love to hear from you. He was due to that's come back in March already. Oh, man. So that's a team like a team like that, a team like Philly, who has a chance. Ben Simmons was able to get healthy, hopefully got some jump shots up, and maybe finally you <laughs> that nah, part of nah. it. Work on that leg. Work on that leg. That too. So, man, my question is, what teams are you guys excited to see with this, uh, with these eight games to be played. Of course, we know the big dogs, the Lakers, Milwaukee, Clippers, um, teams like that that we love to see. Toronto, but uh, what do you guys feel, or who do you guys feel are going to really emerge when it comes to having these eight games to try to get that boost to the playoffs? 
Uh, we'll start with you, uh, Bruce. Portland for sure. Um, like, like Dame, crying so much. Dame, Dame, one of those guys that you can't really you give him an inch, he's taking a mile. Facts. <laughs> like the the kid, he said he wasn't coming back unless he had something to play for. They're mm -hmm. at full strength now. They were missing two big keys in their uh on their on in their rotation, which was Zach Collins, who I felt last year was coming into his own. And then, uh, then you got Nurk, who we already know, like one of the good, you know, solid big man role players or whatever you want to call him. He can give Potential you 20 on a, one day. 25 on a night with 12 boards and like four assists out of nowhere. Remember, he was, playing, he was playing basically ahead of Jokic or like in together with Jokic in Denver and they ended up getting rid of him um, because they knew they, they couldn't coexist together. But um, – Another sleeper for me is always going to be uh, the Pelicans because I thought that they were kind of like coming into their own as well, defensively yeah. especially. Mm -hmm. Zion's going to be completely healthy. There'll be no minutes restrictions. Boy, so, hey, Philip, hey, triple doubles. Philip, before you go, um, Bruce mentioned the team because I think they did all of this because of Zion. <laughs> they wanted to make sure they saw eight more games of him. And the NBA isn't dumb. They're trying to make this money. They're really smart about it. So, hey, I can't blame them. You get to see Zoe and B.I. do their thing. So, it's really dope. So, Philip, what team are you looking out for to kind of like maybe get that extra eight games? First off, I want to address the eight-game situation. They they want to do the eight games so they can uh, get all the TV money. Because, you know, they, in order to uh, validate their TV, local TV contract and get all the money to, to pay, play at least seven more games. So, they're going with eight games. And that gives those other teams that are fringe teams a chance to, you know, buy for that last position, which is cool. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up, which I sent y'all in the group chat, mm -hmm. uh, your boy J.J. Redick has made the playoffs the last 13 years. So he'll be interesting on the Pelicans to see if they'll get in, along with Zion. You know, they want to get that extra revenue as well. And then you got the San Antonio Spurs with uh, your boy Pop, has been, who's been there for like the last 22 years. So it'll be interesting to see if he can make a move uh, they're about uh, five games out right now, so they got some room to make up. But if they get within that four-game bubble, like Mike was saying, then they'll be able to, you know, play, they have a play-in game to go. Uh, and I guess the team that I'm interested in seeing from the East, uh, kind of we already talked about, is Philadelphia, you know. Oh, about about how uh, this, this uh, season or this season is going to be an asterisk, but – it's some teams that got benefited more than other teams. And the 76ers definitely the, one of those teams that got benefited because they allowed Embiid and Simmons to both get fully healthy to make this playoff push. When's the last time you had two or three months off, two, three, four months <laughs> off to prepare for the playoffs? You know what I'm saying? Right. So, no, it's so hard for uh, three months afterwards, you know, it's going to be a modified season with no traveling uh, involved. So that – you know, it's set up for, for those other teams, you know, to make a big push and a big run. So, I'm excited. It's going to be very interesting because, like you said, Philly, those guys get rest up. Hopefully, you know, they were able to work on some of their games. And it's going to be really exciting basketball because we're just waiting for it. It's going to be weird with no fans, but, hey, basketball is basketball. We need it back. Mike, are there any other teams that you have in mind that can be sleepers? You know what? On July 31st, when the season resumes, I'm looking at the Lakers. I'm looking at the Pelicans. I just want to see the Pelicans. Honestly, that was my sleeper team to make the playoffs. Like if mm. they would have been, if they would have been able to beat out uh, 
John Moran and, you know, Memphis and that whole little rookie of the year situation, I would have loved to just see that if that would have been a matchup. But now they let them in. So now they get to actually play to let people know, you know, we had a chance. I don't feel like they're going to they're gonna go too far, but they're going to be an exciting matchup for whoever they play. I let me feel it was good. The Phantom. <laughs> but, hey, so it's going to be really exciting, man. Uh, it's going to be very – very awkward, but it's going to be something new. And um, I believe that they're going to the – We got uh, somebody hacking into our chat. The best heard Danny Boy. What's oh, we, the got, deal? we got Danny Boy in the building, man. What's up, Danny? Who is that? What's up? <laughs> oh, yeah, hey, you know. hey, Danny, NBA is coming back. Um, other than the Lakers, Milwaukee, Clippers, the top-tier teams, are there any teams – that you're, like, intrigued to see with these extra eight games and then, you know, the playoffs? No. <laughs> no, no. Uh, no. No, no, Lakers! No. Just I just Lakers? want to see the Lakers. I don't care who they face. I don't care what I, Lakers. I want to see the Pelicans. I do want to see that, but I don't care. Lakers, that's all I care about. I don't want to see Portland in the first round. Like, I would not want to see Portland in the first round. I don't want to see that. I don't want none of that. Dame and all them healthy guys, like, if they were healthy at the beginning of the season, they could easily be a top three team in the East. So, if you have to play them in the first round, like, that's going to be so tough. But we don't have to. Oh, wait, wait. I just thought about something. They're going 1 through 16 still, right? So, that's another thing. They're going to experiment with the 1 through 16 regardless of – uh, yeah. regardless of conferences, which I think is an interesting twist as well and may be yeah. used in the future. So it's a good and we might and we might get an all LA finals, which is gonna be lit. I think I'm gonna have to fly it all out. Clippers gonna choke second round. Yeah. Uh, easy. If, if they if they even depending on who they play in the first round, if they make a pass them. Be be true with it. And y'all know hey Kawhi Kawhi's been resting too. You can't sleep like Kawhi didn't need to rest. He's sending emails. He's talking about, do I still get to uh, low manage for these first eight? <laughs> I heard he's he not going to play the first eight games. He go, oh, that's he serious? No, no. Nah, 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 oh. <laughs> hey, that is hilarious. But, yeah, man, so the NBA is going to be back. Um, us basketball fans are really excited, man. The people who bet and gamble, they're excited because they get to try to get that money. And right. um, so let me just make sure we all got this right. So we all got the Lakers winning the championship. Am I right? Yeah, damn right. Uh, okay. Yeah, LeBron winning it to be specific, but yeah. I got a quick question before we switch gears. When it comes to the awards, how much impact should these eight games have on the awards? None. None. They should already None. be decided. Yeah. Already be decided? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the NBA. I would be surprised if I see. Hard competition from the top four seeds at each in each conference. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would be surprised. So I don't feel like it won't amount to much. Okay, I, I like that. But uh, man, I, I, I agree. I think the the top seeds are kind of gonna go to ease in. You know, don't got rush it. Yeah, you don't got to rush because you already they got so far of a lead that you don't really have to do extra. But man, uh, NBA is back. It's big time. Side radio with the starting five. We out of here with that good news sports, good news radio doing our thing. Thank you guys for tu- tuning in to us on the good news radio app, um, Apple Podcasts, iHeart.
Spotify, wherever you listen to us, man. We thank you guys for the love. Without you, we wouldn't know what to do. But now basketball is back. We're excited. But we got to get to some realness. So um, I just got to attack it right away. This week's Mike, uh, Hating Ass Michael segment, who I'm hating on this week, is Drew Brees. Come on, man. I can't believe that this dude came out in an interview and had the nerve to say that he doesn't want to see the protesting that he believes that kneeling is disrespecting the flag. Like, aren't we over that? Don't we realize that Cap kneeled and not nice. because he disrespect the flag? It's we're seeing it right now. Uh, you know, with with the deaths of Breonna Taylor, uh, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery. That man, it's like, what can't these people see? And we need a white athlete, star athlete like Drew Brees to step up and kind of give his his take and be on the right side of it. To no, get we needed him to say just that. Yep. We needed Low him key. to say just that, to see where we really are. You know, yeah, for real, but I it's just let you, you know that we need to some see of them still. Now get your ass out of that black state. It's, so it's crazy. It's crazy as a, as a veteran of the military to hear yeah. all the veterans of the military say that they understand that it's not against the flag and that for people that haven't served this country, to say, to twist the message and everything is is very uh, discerning that they're trying to stick up for people who are saying that this is okay and they're the ones that's actually fighting, you know, for this. Sounds repetitious. Oh, sounds repetitious to what uh, 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 a fellow number seven that we know who tried to say the same thing, that I'm not going against our military forces and our country. We are only going against the part that you like to leave out of the generational disadvantage that a certain group of individuals are always left out of. And the fact that he, that he, that he, and the fact that he seeked guidance from military members as to how he would respectfully protest during the national anthem, because it started with him sitting on the bench. Nobody said anything then, and then he had those conversations. Okay, that's not the correct way to go about it. So I'll just kneel during it, and then that's when all the backlash and, and hate came. So uh, it's never been anything against the military members or the veterans, you know, such as myself and others. So, yeah. So, yeah, man. So it's crazy. Um, we need all these athletes to be on the same page, but clearly they're not. So we just got to deal with it. So shame on you, Drew Brees. I like your game, but now you look, you're a clown to me. So hey, that's Michael segment this week. Drew Brees, if I can pimp smack anybody, it will be that man right now. But, uh, Man, let's get no, right I, I got some. So last hey, week. Good huh? job, Michael. That's your first hating ass that I agree with. You know, <laughs> like, I just. <laughs> get out of here. Hey, but let's get to it. Um, man, with, with all the stuff going on, all the protesting um, that's going on, whether it's peaceful or destructive, it's a bunch of protesting going on because of these, the murders of, you know, the, the quote-unquote lynching in front of the world of George Floyd. Uh, the murder of Breonna Taylor in her home, um, Aubrey, uh, Ahmad Aubrey being killed. Uh, we talked about it last week, but the protesting just pretty much happened, and now we're here. So, man, what do you guys take on it? Just to know, like, um, I've been at a few of the protests. I just feel I had to do my part and be there to, uh, you know, show love for, our, you know, for our people. Uh, we don't have Han this week, who is the only uh, non-African-American on the show, and Man, we got to fight for our people because it's been so long that we've been going through this craziness. 1619, once we first uh, landed in Jamestown, we've been dealing with uh, disadvantage and being murdered and being lynched. And now it's just televised. And 
it's time for us to make this this call. So, I, man, I just hope that it doesn't stop and that people. That I feel this generation ain't everything. Uh, Danny, what do you feel about all of the protests and everything going on? Oh, I love it. I, I agree. I hope that it does not stop. Um, I think once it stops is how it, the idea that we don't care anymore slows it down. And then we get back to regular scheduled programming for them. One, uh, two, I was able to go to a protest out here and um, I went with my sister. Well, kind of, but uh, we went, you know, we went out there and it was peaceful, right? Okay. And obviously they had their, their, their idea of how it wasn't peaceful because they decided that after six o'clock was curfew and people were still out. So that wasn't peaceful uh, for them, the police. But overall, it was a peaceful event. Um, I have one idea, you know, that I think that because I, I like to observe. Um, I think I do well at observing. I, I thought you were on a toilet real quick, Phil. I don't know why I thought you were on a toilet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just you on the toilet. <laughs> Sorry, that just threw me off. But um, <laughs> I, 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 I feel that um, there's a lot of confusion, uh, which is why I think it was a good idea for Barack to have an address today. But I think there's a lot of confusion and uh, misplaced uh, uh, leadership as far as African-Americans for somebody to kind of try to lead the charge. That's um, real. Being out there uh, with the guys that led the protest, like I wasn't with them. But I actually decided to stand next to them because I wanted to know where their heads was at. Because if, if anything was about to go sideways, I had to make sure that I wasn't a part of it. Right. You know? Even though I ain't against the rioting, I'm just not going to do it. Um, I, I wanted to be there, and I and I felt a lot of confusion. You know, I felt like them not knowing what were the next steps really in in, in that moment, not even the next steps, right? So his poor planning. Uh, you know, you know the six Ps. Um, so. There's a lot of room to grow, obviously, from, you know, white Americans. Um, I call them those people now. So um, those people, is a lot of room for them to grow, uh, those people in particular. But I do feel that we do have to have, and I don't want to say like a Martin Luther King or Malcolm X, but we do need some sort of guided um, direction that we need to kind of angle ourselves in. Because what's going to happen is if we do continue to protest two weeks down the line, it's going to become shitty because it's only gonna be more chaos, more people trying to protest, more people not knowing what to do, um, not understanding the message that we really wanna get across. Um, so I just think that there needs to be some sort of level of understanding as the protests continue to go on, which they should. Um, yep. And then we need someone that already is in power, not someone we don't know. Uh, definitely not Umar Johnson, uh, Kuhn ass, but that's a whole nother story. Um, Hell no. So uh, Bruce, <laughs> but yeah, what's take on the protests and everything going on? Uh, what do you? What do they expect? What is expected of us when you murder us on camera, live on TV? Like it's basically, are we just executing people on on camera now? Like what's going on? So, uh, you know, we we live in Los Angeles for the most part. Most of us were at least born around the time the '92 riots happened. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually had like some close family that was like a huge part of that. And, and that was because they just beat a man up and everybody got off with it. Now, I know things will slowly get better um, based off of just how extreme the riots were because the men have been charged uh, and, or they have changed it to second degree murder for uh, the first police officer and the other three will be charged as well. 
And yeah. I think at the end of it, all we ask in this world is to be recognized. We don't, we know what we've been through. We know how we're treated and we understand it's going to take a long time to get there. But, you know, at some point, the, the utter disrespect and just how they treat us on camera when it comes to like, we have all the evidence here and you're like, nah, it's not enough for me. You know, like we already have to live our life looking over our shoulders and thinking twice about things and working two and three times as hard just to be treated as somewhat equal, you know, sure. to have the job of the person that, you know, you probably work under that couldn't probably can't even spell their own name, but they're making six to eight, six to seven figures a year and stuff because they just, they look a certain way. So yeah. we struggle a lot with just everything going on out here. And I just feel myself as a black man, like I say, we have to bite our tongue and do all this. And like, it's not like a shock to us when we're treated poorly. We pretty much expect it in most situations just because of how we were raised and what we go through on a daily basis here. Yeah. And most people are, are racist. We know the, their prejudice. We know like even like somebody makes a black joke or something and thinks it's funny when you're with the corny, you know, like, white guy or something like that that's older that wants to make a Kool-Aid joke or something like that. And Real you, talk, yeah. Rather than you just snapping the dude's neck right there knowing you're very capable of it, you just you laugh it off or you say, or you shoot the dozens back, but you know, like, people are, they get angry because oh, well, why are they rioting or why are they doing this? And for the most part, like, we've seen all of the media and, you know, the narrative they're pushing of the riots and they not just, uh, you know, following the peace, uh, showing the peaceful protests as much, or it's just how bad it is, and not like this actual goal is. I just feel that they don't they don't fully understand us, so that's why they don't understand this this outrage. So, Philip, um, we're gonna finish it up with you, Mike. Philip, you were out there uh, during the protests, and we were out there in Beverly Hills. Uh, what's your take on everything going on? You know, um, first off, I want to you know, do a quick rebuttal to your hating ass Michael segment. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just spoke up as a white superstar in the NFL and said a few years ago, we were criticized for look, locking arms in solidarity before the game. It has never been about an anthem or a flag. Not then, sure. not now. Listen with an open heart. Let's educate ourselves and then turn word and thought into action. Not that it was important to show. Uh, Man, that ain't no rebuttal though, but. I'll That's my rebuttal to what you were saying. Like, okay, you know, uh, to show the other side, to show the hey, other side. Like it. Yeah. And then uh, LeBron actually just bring it back to the NBA. LeBron responded to Drew Brees. Now I respect LeBron for using his platform, but he said, "Wow, man, is it still surprising at this point? Sure isn't. You're liter you're literally still don't understand why Cap had, uh, was kneeling on on one knee. Has absolutely nothing to do with disrespecting the flag or our soldiers, men and women." who keep our land free. My father-in-law is in one of those. So I just wanted to, you know, show that people are clapping back that are in high, high positions to, oh, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. to stand up for cap and actually justify what was going on. But we were out there yesterday, man, or uh, the other day, uh, met up with Michael and we walked the streets, you know, we protested together. Um, and that was, that was the right thing to do. Um, that was the right thing to do. I felt that I needed to go out there and show my support and my voice and however I could. Um, and I think that the, the, the fact that people in other countries, especially when you hear of people in Syria, 
uh, who are who are on our side or, or on the side of justice and everything, then that's really powerful when those people are being oppressed daily and they can still see the oppression that we face here in America. It, you know, it speaks to a different different level that people in our own country still deny and uh, fight against, you know, the rights that we're having. I just can't believe that we live in such an open world now, such a unified world through the internet and through various other, you know, uh, social medias and whatnot. And we still have people that say that everybody shouldn't have the same rights for whatever reason, whether it be the color of their skin, their sexual orientation or whatever. How do you deny any other human the same rights that you're, that you're, that you're getting? It's just, I just don't understand it. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, we should take on the protests and everything going on, man. I feel like the meaning of the protest is not being fully understood because of it was being there's a large group that is sabotaging the actual peaceful part and are actually doing unnecessary rioting, looting, and it's not us. It's the people of a different nationality who's uh, making it their priority to somewhat show fake help to our, to our pain or to go ahead and come up off our pain and go ahead and say, because we're getting blamed for when they loot, when they are breaking shit, and they're like, oh, look at the niggas again. Matter of fact, it's the majority of white people right now. Because if you look at most of these videos, the people of black ethnicity are actually trying to stop them from doing that because you're taking away from what we're actually, from what we're, from how we're hurting, you're taking away from that shit right now. And then we're getting blamed for more bullshit as per usual. But I yeah. do feel that, that this was necessary. It's been coming, but it hasn't hit its peak yet. And I love to see people come together in solidarity, but until people truly understand why we hurt, why we feel this way, why we must act out in certain different ways, and why they say, oh, well, what else can you guys do? Well, let's see, if, unless we uh, immobilize your bullshit and go ahead and take back our economic and our economic power and use that against you, because that's, the, that's the, the basis of a lot of things that we have. But it's like, if you don't use our- They burnt that down. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. They were burning down the wrong buildings. The buildings that we need still have uh, <laughs> money being made and things of that nature. So, man, I just really think that after the protesting, I think it should continue to go on. People should continue to come out and exactly. show up. Um, you know, we have to, our leaders, whoever they are, have to sit down, come up with some demands that need to be made. If not, it's going to get back bad again. And I just think that's the only way that we're really going to see anything as far as coming from this, um, you know, and it, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, um, you just have to, to ride for your people, uh, be true to yourself. Uh, Danny, we talked about it earlier. We saw uh, Jason Whitlock was let go from Fox Sports and the, the few black faces that I know at Fox is kind of like, they were glad, like, yeah, you know, because the person who, you know, kind of did said all these things and takes the wrong side, you know, is the guy that's getting pushed out while the other ones who are riding for the cause are the ones that's still in it. So I think that that's, that's very important. What you feel about it, Danny? Oh, he was a pawn. He was okay until the, the shit got hot. Now that it's probably negative, really, to kind of say anything negative about an African-American, the African-American community, he has no real power with that company. So they let go of him. You know what I'm saying? And he did all that shit, and now you have nothing. Um, you know? 
and it's and, and it's crazy because he's the one I got let go <laughs> after yeah. all that all that coding and dancing he did, he was let go. And I hate to say it for him because he is a part of the black, but it's a reality. You know what I'm saying? He need to get his, his SHIT together because that's not, that's not the way he should have been acting. He was disrespectful to a lot of people, LeBron mm. mentally so much in the wrong way. Like there's levels, you know what I'm saying? He was just going beyond what he needed to do. <laughs> he now, was on yes about But he was going way past really, like, I think what he even really felt. I think he was just really, so fixated on making sure he got that check coming in that he lost his way. Um, but I got a quick question for y'all, real quick. Um, how do you feel about that? Okay, so cause and effect, right? We learned about cause and effect when we were like fifth grade. I feel that people more so focus on the effect versus the cause. I do feel that the riots, though they may be coming from different types of groups, are what will contribute or what has contributed to people uh, taking action, quote unquote. Uh, the mm -hmm. arrest of the additional cops, the arrest of those six cops that hurt uh, those two uh, college kids, even though the majority of them was black, so it was easier to, easier to arrest them. I feel that cause and effect, I feel like the effect is what people uh, answer to, right? So the, the cause was, you know, this black man died, but we didn't really trip off that, right? But the effect was that people started rioting and tearing down businesses and, and prevent people from making money. So now we got to address So I'm asking you guys, do you feel that the effects of the riot part uh, is what help really kind of us even, or is what's going to help us get into the next mode of what, what needs to be done? Hey, I, let me knock that out first. Uh, I, I believe that it's very crucial. Like when you think about when Dr. King was assassinated, uh, the people rioted for six days. And after those six days, the Civil Rights Act of 1968 was created. So I think that you have to cause some mayhem to really wake people up for them to see like, damn, like they really mean this and we don't want them to tear this whole country down. Right. So we have to make a change. So I think that that's why when people say, oh, people shouldn't be out here. I think that it's, it's good that some people are doing that. You know, I hate-, hate Unfortunately. Those. Yeah, unfortunately, but this is how we're gonna let, think about it when you were kids, when, this is how you really get your parents' attention. When you up in there doing real bad shit. That's how you, <laughs> all the time. That's and then you know you, what's funny? The sad uh, part, most people don't. Oh, I need to handle him. But if you just be very passive about it, we see what they do. They don't really answer to that. So I, I don't see anything wrong with it. You guys have any takes on that? I feel like I don't want to. I don't want to say. I don't want to. I just want to say I don't see anything wrong with it based off of, like you said, the cause. There's a reason we're out there, but there's also, you know, an, another plus in it is all the platforms we have, like all True. the all the media, social media, and us having access to things. Because you sit here and you watch the news, and they only cover riots. You look on Instagram, Twitter, and everything, and it's peaceful protest. Yep. And they're they're losing control. They're losing control, and they realize that not only not only with of the people, but the narrative. Narrative. They can't push their narrative anymore as much as they want to, and, mm -hmm. it, and it drops off a cliff somewhere because they're realizing like like we tried to scare them and say it was all right. So we get the simple-minded folks who only have Fox News saying like, "Oh, you guys are horrible," but then you got. Uh, the younger generation, the millennials and the younger kids, especially the white kids who are like, ah, mom and dad, like, this shit is wrong and they yeah. need to be better. 
And I think yeah. that's what's helping us a lot is just the culture, hip hop, things like that, basketball, things like that has have brought all of us together. And the fact we ain't got we don't gotta go to work right now and everybody on unemployment making yeah. money gives us a ton of time to just go tear up your shit. Ah. Yeah, all types of extra extra we got snacks and water, we donate and everything. We good. We ain't got work. Yeah, we do. We're going to be out here for weeks. They donate the next outside. We're going to be out here until July 31st in California for sure. Then we might have a problem. We turn it up. Michael Brown, y'all got it? I said Michael Brown. Michael Phillip, y'all got it? (laughs) I got Well, you go ahead, Phil. You got so much money? I got so much I'll close it out. I got you. That guy, I feel like most people, when it comes to change, they don't hear you until you reciprocate the same volume of attitude that you give them. I feel like a lot of people, like right now during this day and age, we can come together as different races for a certain cause, but it's like most people really don't hear what is what we really what's really hurting us. What's what is the whole basis of why we doing this? Shit? And it's like until you get until you show them a level of aggressiveness that they show you. They're going to pay it no mind until it actually starts affecting their pockets, until it starts affecting them mentally, physically, or let's say it just starts affecting their daily life, as we do on a daily basis of having to worry about just leaving our house. Yep. So, uh, Philip, what's up? I just want to say quickly that uh, all of this is, is starting to lead into actual changes in law and procedure, and that's what's really going to uh, – impact us the most because they're going to always be racist people around us and they can't you know it's, it's hidden so they can't really hurt us that way but if the laws and the and the rules you know are opened up to you know also be more even and level with us that's what's really going to impact our community more so than pointing out who's racist you know True. they're always going to be those closet racists so that's not going to change so yep so uh man before we get out of here man i just <laughs> You want to let you guys know, man, I got love for y'all, man. We all, we all American males out here trying to make it. And, uh, you know, we, we trying to change things for our kids and our future and stuff like that. So we got, you know, we got to be great and use our platform to speak our voice because we are personalities, uh, sportscasters out there that, you know, has a voice and we have to make sure that we use that. Uh, before we get out of here to starting five, of course, we got to do our throwback Thursday player of the week. Um, Mark Eden. Mark Eden is the guy. Throwback Thursday Player of the Week. Mark Eden, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, make sure you guys check our Courtside Radio Instagram. There's going to be some highlights up of him. Philip, you got a Throwback Thursday Player. What's, what's his name? Man, I just wanted to give a shout-out to this guy. He's a newly found Throwback Thursday Player or Throwback guy now. Your boy Vince Carter, man, came in. The, he came into the league. He's no longer in the NBA now. That they, you know, came with a 22 team format. He was rookie of the yep. year. He recorded the most seasons played at 22. He's an eight time NBA All Star and he's a dunk champion in the year 2000, man. So shout out to Vince, that boy. That's why I'm walk, rocking the Hawks today, man. Just want to show my love for him and yep. all he's done for the game over the years. Yeah, that's, that's four. That's four decades. Yeah, Mark. Vince Carter. All this stuff. What'd you say? Is he the best dunker, dunker of all time? He is. Best dunker of all time. Not, not if, Of course, we know this. But Courtside Radio with the starting five, man. I know you guys going to love this episode. Make sure y'all keep uh, following us, Courtside Radio, Instagram page, uh, The Good News Sports, The Good News Radio. 
Check us out on all your favorite uh, media platforms, podcast platforms. The grind does not stop. Five African-American males looking to take over this radio thing with a Jewish kid that's putting in work. So, hey, mad love from the point guard, from the shooting guard, Mike, from the small forward, Hines, from the stretch forward, Phillip, from the center, Bruce, and then from the CEO, Danny Boyd, himself. We are out here grinding to the end, man. Courtside Radio starting five. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget, check check out Touchdown on Tangents. Those are Thursday brothers, man. Peace. Sir. Real basketball. Sir. We draw, baby. Y'all be safe.